You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time of praise and worship. Thank you, Lord God, because we have the privilege to come to you. We have access to you, real-time, online, all the time. You're always available. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to know you as our Father. Thank you for this beautiful relationship where we're your children and you are our Father. We worship you. You are not only our King, you are also our Father. Lord, we bless your name. We give you thanks, we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. We adore you, Most High God. We salute you, King of all the nations. Be thy exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, as we proceed in today's service, as we begin to open your word and share it with the brethren, Lord, we pray that your breath will come upon it in the name of Jesus. Your word has capacity to make us live. Lord, we pray that when your word comes this morning, it will make us live differently. It will make us live better in the name of Jesus Christ. It will bring freshness to our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I submit myself to you and I, I bring before you every listener, Lord God, that you will speak to us in the name of Jesus. And through me, Lord God, that you will bless every hearer in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you so much, Susan Psalmist. We bless the name of the Lord for your lives and ministry, for being a blessing to us week in, week out. We pray that the Lord will continue to prosper you and add grace to your grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And for every listener, I especially welcome you this morning and I thank you for joining us from time to time. I understand based on reports that we get that some of us actually join uh, from different parts of the world, not just in Nigeria but from other places. We recognize your sacrifice to be part of what God is doing. It takes time to listen to God's word. We, we appreciate that sacrifice and we also pray that we will not just be hearers, we will be doers of the word. We will be doers. Wherever you may be listening to this message, as a time of blessing, I encourage you to bring out your writing materials, to pay attention, to, to create an atmosphere around you where you have minimized distraction so that the blessings will not be stolen. You know, when God's word gets sown onto a land, there is something called the devil. I say something uh, because it's, it's, it's represented by a bird that comes and picks up those seeds because some of it can fall on the wayside. That is, it's not landing on the mainstream area. So uh, your heart is the mainstream area. Get it ready. Get it prepared for what we have for you today. And I pray that you will be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. We continue with our series, our series on the ships of life. We started uh, the, the topic, we laid the foundation, and, and I've talked about a few uh, number of ships. Last week we dealt with the ship called Citizenship. Today we move on to a very interesting ship. In fact, a very, very big ship called Friendship. Friendship, very broad, very, very broad ship. A big ship that has a number of people going in different directions. So today we're going to be focusing on Friendship. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, 
chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 9. You know, I like teaching uh, about companionship or friendship using this particular passage of scripture. You know, we, we are so familiar with it that we think it only means um, companionship in a marital sense, but it's deeper than that. Yes, it includes that, but it's broader and deeper than that. It's actually talking about friendship and the value of friendship. The Bible says in verse 9 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a three-foot cord is not quickly broken. Here we see the value of friendship, that when two people come together, or when they become three, that is, they generate a kind of value that is greater and bigger than what one person would have generated. And we see it in all spheres of life. We see it in marriage. We see it in business partnerships. We see it in teamwork. We see it in sports. We see it in politics. We see people moving from one place to another, just teaming up so that they can do something bigger. So the, the, the subject of companionship or teaming up is very broad and very human. You see, no matter how good you are, I think it was Chief Obafel Miawolo that was repeated as saying, no matter how intelligent you are, you cannot clap with only one hand. Yeah, I know some of us are trying it now. Keep trying, keep trying. So no matter how intelligent you are, you can't clap with only one hand. So you need another surface to call it a clap. You need another surface to call it a clap. So it's very important for us as human beings to recognize certain people in our lives that we call friends. So we enter a ship with them called friendship. Friendship is an enabler, is an amplifier. Companionship amplifies. So you have something good, you want it to go to the next level, you get a friend to partner with you to take it to the next level. You have something bad, and of course we have people who team up for bad purposes. They have an evil agenda, they look for somebody who can partner with them in their evil agenda to make it blossom, right? So it's a general principle. And as human beings, because of our nature, we are... We are social creatures so we we long to have somebody around us we long to have somebody to talk to we long to have somebody to do something with to be in an activity with so it's understandable that from time to time we come into this kind of shape friendship but here this scripture is saying if they fall one will lift up his companion so then you now begin to watch the value of your friendship. So in this friendship, are you in need to fall or are you in need to stand? You don't get me. Do your friends make you stand or they make you fall? Because the Bible says if the one of them falls or if both of them fall, it says one person is going to lift the other person, going to lift the companion. So in your friendship, is it more that you, you fall or that you rise? Is, is there someone in that friendship that ensures that you do not stay down? Do you understand? So that's what we want to be considering today. You know, there, there's a very popular uh, statement. In fact, as a, as a younger believer, I used to think this, this 
this statement was in the Bible. It says, show me your friend and I'll show you who you are. You know, it sounds cool. And it's correct. I, I think it's a very uh, correct statement. But it's not a biblical statement. You get So he says, show me your friend. That is, friendship has so much importance on our lives that it can shape who we are and shape who we are going to become. Hmm? It has that kind of capacity. Why? Because consciously or unconsciously, we actually make a choice. When we enter into friendship, we choose friends. Whether you are aware of it or you are not aware of it, we choose friends. And the parameters we use in choosing our friends relate to our values, our personality. It talks a lot about who we are and who we might want to become. These are some of the subconscious parameters we keep in mind when we are looking for friends. We look for people who are like us. Or we look for people who have something that we like. Something that we admire. There is an attraction, just like in marital relationships, and you, you see someone you like to go into marital relationship with, there is something that you are attracted to. It might not be something tangible, it might not be something physical, but it is there's a magnet of some sort. Same for friendship. So most of the times, it might be values, it might be outlook, it might be the vibes. But guess what? If you go into friendship only because of the vibes, it might land you in a vibration that you cannot undo. You know, there are some vibrations that can scatter your engine. Hmm? So it's, it, it has to go beyond the vibes. It's got to be based on values. It's got to be based on values. So we are attracted to people that we don't need to pretend around. People whose values are in sync with ours. People whose outlook, whose viewpoint, whose worldview aligns with ours. So that's that's how we, we consciously or unconsciously choose strengths. But whatever we choose, let's know that we are buying a future impact as we enter a boat called friendship with somebody. Hmm? We are entering a zone where you you are cruising to a future, whether you like it or not. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. I'm sure you've read about uh, that verse a lot. That evil company corrupts good manners. So if you're a good guy, but you're always in evil company, it's just a matter of time. You are going to follow the behavioral patterns of your company. It's as simple as that. Proverbs chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 20. Very popular scripture. It says, He that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. He who works with the wise will become wise. So today, you are operating at the level of wisdom, level X. It says, if you work with those who are on wisdom level X plus plus, it said, over time, you will see yourself moving from X to X plus, to X plus plus. Probably, you guys together will now move to another level, X plus plus plus. He said, but the company, the companion of fools will perish. So they are also migrating in the negative direction when you relate it to wisdom. So wise ones move forward. The foolish ones move backward. All you need to do to attain that state is just your membership of that company. If you are in a company of people who are wise, you will get wiser. Scripture said it, I didn't say it. If you are in a companionship, in friendship with people whose uh, perceptions in life are described as 
foolish. You are following them. So that's why you've got to choose very, very carefully. You choose friends that are in alignment with your future, not your past. We are very sentimental human beings. You know, over time, you grew up with certain kinds of people, but you see that their lives are going in a certain direction. But because you've been together from childhood, you went to the same primary school, you grew up um, in the same secondary school, so you feel somehow sentimentally attached to them. But you can see very clearly that the direction that their lives are going is not the direction you want to go. If you don't change course, you end up in the direction in which they are going. It's as simple as that. So your alignment must be forward-looking. Forward-looking. Go with friends who are going to where you are going to. And this principle is generic. Whether you are speaking about it in terms of faith as a Christian, go with friends who are going in the direction you are going to as a Christian. You want to be rapturable, you want to go to heaven. You need to go with a company in a boat, a ship called fellowship. With people who are going to heaven, whose minds are not set on earthly things. Remember last week's citizenship? Their minds are not set on earthly things. Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 3. It's not set on earthly things, it's set on heavenly things. So you follow those kind of people and eventually you will move together towards that direction. So you can't say, I've become a Christian. But I have friends who are unbelievers and they are my best buddies and I hang out with them and I keep company with them and I'm with them most of the time. Brother, sister, you are going where they are going. It's as simple as that. You may want to deny it. You may say, I'm strong. In life, influence is real. If you are in a, a situation with any system, ultimately, there is a tendency for equilibrium. Over time, there is a tendency for equilibrium. So if you are the higher potential, the other person is at the lower potential. Ultimately, if you leave them for eternity, there's going to be equilibrium at some point. The person who is higher will come down a bit or the person who is lower will go up a bit until they equalize. It's as simple as that. So if you continue to hang out with those who are going to a place that you don't intend to go to, whether you like it or not, you will end up where they are going. So that's why we've got to choose friendship very, very carefully. This topic is very broad, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will expand it in your lives. There are people who have entered into this ship and have ruined their destinies. They have followed people who are going in a direction that is not in their best interest, but because of some sentimental attachments to them, they keep tagging along. They keep tagging along. Make two steps forward and make ten steps backwards. May that not be your portion. May you receive courage to break free from the friendships that are taking you to a place you don't need to be. In the name of Jesus Christ. Like we did last week, when we were talking about citizenship, we talked about modes of entry. How do you enter the boat called citizenship? So today we're going to be talking about modes of entry into the ship called friendship. Friendship. And there are three points I want to talk about around mode of entry into this ship called friendship. There is the one I call deliberate request. And I've had some, some kinds of this, I've seen some kind of this mode of entry around other people where you deliberately walk up to somebody you have seen something in that person's life and you walk up and say bros sis can we be friends right so this is deliberate request people walk up to another person and say i've seen something i like even though they don't put put it in those kind of words you know i just want us to be friends can we be friends can i be your friend can we can we study together you know find something 
on campus, uh, back on campus, you see people just get close to you. Oh, can, can, can we study together? Can we, can we go to class together? Can we do night class together? Can we form a tutorial group together? It's a request for friendship. It's a deliberate request. So this is one of the most popular ways. Maybe not the easiest way. Hmm? Many people are shy, you know, just to walk up to somebody, especially because of um, the kind of uh, society we've built where there's a lot of deficit in trust so when somebody walks up to you and says can we be friends you're checking your pocket you're turning around you're looking up and down hey 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 do they have other motives right so this other uh, mode of entry number two becomes another very very easy one that people use it's called passive entanglement hmm. I wish I had more time to speak about entanglement today you know when, when the word entanglement goes out there, I, I, I know it's resonating differently with different people. So what I mean by passive entanglement is that you, you didn't ask to be friends with the person. But somehow, somehow, you are just always around the person. You are just always tagging along. You didn't even know how your friendship started. Maybe the circumstances that even brought about your friendship was somebody ran into another person or somebody insulted you. You know, from there, maybe you, you, you try to, you know fight and from there you you settled it and from there okay you began to talk you began to see you began to relate one way or the other so you you didn't really request for the friendship and somehow it just you know it just happened it just happened one other very very popular mode of entry is what i call intersection of ships all right so what do i mean you are in ship a called workmanship you are working together in the place or you are in another ship entirely. Maybe you you are in a mentorship or a discipleship or a fellowship. Whatever other ship. You are in one ship. Then from there you decided that, oh, it's like me and this person, we gel. We have chemistry. Hope it's not biology. We have something in common. So you you tend to migrate or intersect between those two ships. So I'm in an office. I have a colleague. So we are working together. It's a ship of some sort. We are working together. But over time, I spend time with this colleague. Uh, we, we work uh, together a lot. I begin to see certain values in their lives that I admire. And as a result of that, even though we're supposed to just uh, be in the workmanship boat together, we enter a boat of friendship. So where we begin to discuss things that are not necessarily office related. So we discuss personal things. And uh, I know your house. You know my house. I know your family. You know my family. So that also happens. Over time, you, you spend time with people. And that's why the friendship boat is hmm, it's a bit very delicate. So when you spend time with people, over time, you really don't know that something called influence is happening so over time you begin to see some similarities and those similarities can actually move you from that other ship zone into a place is it friend zone right so it moves you into friend zone and you begin to have friendship i know again the word friend zone now means different things to different people here now so uh but friend zoning is not necessarily something bad you know, the context in which we know friend zoning is, oh, there's somebody of the opposite gender that comes to me asking my hand out um, towards a relationship. And um, I like the guy, but I like them as a brother or I like them as a sister. I don't think I like them in that way. So they say I friend zone them. Somehow, unfortunately, some people have friend zoned the people they should marry. Okay. 
be a bit quiet now. And some people, in the name of friendship, or is it bestie they call it these days? And there's a, there's a lot of confusion out there. Different words meaning different things to different people. No wonder, no, no wonder there's a lot of confusion on interpretation. So, you know, the, the, the way I, I, I tend to hear bestie these days is uh, around opposite gender. And we've got to be very careful. You know, growing up, and I know it's a cultural thing, maybe it's also a generational thing, it was not common that your friend would be someone in the opposite gender way back. I know a lot of that is changing now. And honestly, there's, there's really nothing wrong about having friends across gender. However, it's defining the boundaries very clearly. So you say you are bestie, you are male, she's female, she's your friend, and now she's in a, she's married or she's in a relationship to be married. And you are crossing the boundaries of friendship to the other other side, therefore causing chaos in the relationship. So we, we see a lot of that um, kind of transition from ship to ship, which we need to, we need to learn how to to manage it very well, so that it does not cause problem as we are having this intersection between ships. So those three modes of entry: deliberate requests, passive entanglement, or intersection of ships. We need to watch out for it very well. As, as a matter of fact, I, I think something that is even becoming a bit more worrisome for me is uh, among young adults, and, and please listen to me patiently, young adults in the house. So I, I'm, I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 22. I'm not ready for marriage, right? I'm not ready for marriage. I'm not even ready in the next two years because I have other objectives, I'm still in school, I'm still trying to do this other thing. But I feel pressured by society because everybody has a girlfriend, everybody has a boyfriend, everybody's in a relationship. So I feel pressured. I need to be in a relationship. Can you not just stay in that friendship? Must you translate it to relationship? Must you translate it to relationship? You know, the expectations in friendship are very different from relationship. Let's say there's a, there's a brother A, and a sister B, they are friends, platonic friendship. They are in the same fellowship, they are in the same class, or they are working in the same place. They are just friends. Hmm? But somehow, because of society, there's a lot of pressure on you. You know you are not ready to enter into another ship called courtship. But you want to jump and enter from friendship to relationship. And hopefully you want to enter courtship. The moment you migrate from the zone of friendship to the zone of relationship expectations change what do i mean so if today we are friends a and b brother a and sister b are friends if brother a does not call you in three four days five days one week two weeks it's not a problem because you're just friends and you expect that it's okay for them to have other friends and it's all right for them to be busy and it's all right for them to not have credit to call you and it's all right for them to not be able to pick your calls they are in class they are at work they are doing something else that is a bit more important than receiving that call at that point in time. It's okay. You don't get offended. The moment the same brother A and sister B move from friendship zone and move into relationship zone, all the expectations change. You expect brother A to call you every day, to call you three times in a day, to be the first to call you in the morning and the last to, to speak to you at night, to text you all through the day, to be using uh, all, side of, all kinds of smileys, to be posting your picture on DP or status everywhere. The expectations change. And you may lose something big. 
When you were friends, A and B, you were fine. You were helpful to each other. You were thoughtful. You were mindful of the feelings of each other. You prayed for each other. The moment you enter a relationship, you begin to do things that are not expected in friendship. Your expectations change. So when that brother A can no longer meet expectations of relationship, you begin to have issues. And I've seen many young people chase away God-given friends. Because they wanted to quickly convert those friends to lovers in relationship. Be careful. It's not every friendship that should land in a relationship. It's not every friendship between a brother A and a sister B that should end in a marital relationship. It's not. God put different people in your life in different seasons for different reasons. You've got to pay attention to that. But that's not my subject for today. Okay, just to mention um, a few words of caution in this ship called Friendship. Micah chapter 7 verse 5. The book of Micah. I'm going to read from chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 5. Talking about one thing we, we usually fail to watch out for. Listen, the Bible says, Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of your mouth from her that lies in thy bosom. Mm. So, as friends, you know, there's this thing. We, we, we want to be free around our friends. We want to say everything to our friends. So we want to say everything all too soon. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Someone is your friend today. They may be your enemy tomorrow. Every information they have about you today can be used against you tomorrow. Am I saying, oh, don't disclose to your friends? By all means, no. But is there a limit? Is there a boundary? Because every information you put on the line is at risk. So that's why the Bible is saying, trust you not in a friend. Put you not confidence in the guide. Even went for that. See, say, keep the doors of your mouth from her that lies in your bosom. It's saying, even when the relationship is deeper than that, Hold some things. You talk too much too soon. You say everything too soon. You may get into trouble. Second caution in this ship called friendship. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. Don't be a user. In all relationship, including friendship. Is supposed to be symbiotic and not uh, parasitic. You are not in a relationship because of what you can get. You must also be there because you need to give. Relationship goes on because people give. Proverbs 27.10 says, Thy own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Your own friends and your father's friends don't use and dump them. And I see a lot of us, we, we, we say people are our friends, but we only remember them when we need something from them. We only remember them when we need them to do something for us. Say, so if you continue to behave like that in the friendship boat, say you'll be evicted. Because that's not how that boat is designed to work. That boat is designed for mutual support. For cooperation, for mutual investments, 
you must invest into that boat. Say, don't forsake your friends. Don't feel, I don't need you now. So, just go your way. I've taken as much sap as I can take from this friendship. Say, don't use and dump your friends. You never know which day you need that friendship again. So, keep investing. Keep putting. Don't go into it because of what you can get. Go into it because of what you can give. Alright. I want to quickly talk about forbidding friendships in scriptures. The main area I want to focus today, we are not yet there. I'm trying to just rush this one. So I go to the area we really want to spend time on. Two types of forbidden friendships in, in scriptures. That is, there are certain ships, friendships, that the Bible says, be careful about entering them. Proverbs, I'm going to read uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24. Proverbs 22, verse 24. It says, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man thou shall not go. Why? Verse 25. It says, so that you will not learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. So, Jesus is saying, I mean, the Bible is saying here, He said, keep your options open, but close it when it comes to this kind of friendship. If you are a friend to someone who is given to anger, someone who is furious they are not only fast to punch somebody they are also furious with their words and tongue he said watch out make no friendship with them why he said you will learn their ways and when you learn their ways it will become a snare to your soul you know earlier we had established that what you can choose is the friends you have you cannot choose the outcome of your friendship the outcome of your friendship is directly related to the values, the, the things in your friendship. So if you are in relationship with an angry person, says it's over time, you will become an angry man. You become a furious man. Then you will ensnare your soul. So this is one relationship we should mind. Don't say this is how we are in my family. We are always angry. We are angry for no reason. We just wake up in the morning. We are wondering why we are angry, but we are still angry. So we are angry at the, at the reason that we do not know. We are angry with everybody around us. You transfer that aggression to anybody you see. Say, that's not someone you want to make your friend. You will get into trouble. Because that person will cause trouble. And guess who they will come and drag first? You. Guess who will want to defend them? You. Guess who will get in the line of fire? You. Say, this is one relationship. This is one friendship you must avoid. Friendship with an angry person. Another kind of forbidding relationship in scripture is in the book of James chapter 4 verse 4 James chapter 4 verse 4 speaking about friendship with the world is enmity with God the Bible says ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the the friendship of the world is enmity with God whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is the enemy of God is the enemy of God. It says, friendship, you can do whatever you like. Don't be a friend with an angry or furious man. Number two category, don't be a friend with worldliness. The system of the world, the ways of the world, the course of the world, the trends of the world. He said, if you chase that, you cannot chase God at the same time. 
You cannot combine worldliness and godliness. The two don't blend. The two will not go together. So these two forbidden friendships are very, very clear in scriptures. The Bible is warning us, if you want to go into any ship called friendship, mark this one. Angry ship, don't enter. Worldly ship, don't enter. The second one, I'm not sure we are hitting that warning. It's because the things we see, even in church, we see a number of people who claim that they are friends of God, that they want to follow God. But yet, all their values, all their views, all their vibes speak only to worldliness. So you can't be in that boat and be in the boat of those who are with God. So friendship with the world is enmity with God. So those two ships must be avoided at all costs. Where I want us to emphasize today are the types of friends. Types of friends. And you will see that different people in your life, begin to estrate them, begin to check out your friendships along these ones and tell yourself very frankly, which one of these types of friendship are you in? What kind of boat of friendship are you in? The first type of friendship I want to uh, reference tonight are the people I call Job's friends. What did I call it? Job's friends. I'm not going to be reading all this. We know the stories very well. This is just to highlight the principles. If you go to the book of Job chapter 2, verse um, 11. Job chapter 2, if you start from verse 11 and go to 13, you will see Job's friends. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They came to him. Job had suffered catastrophe. Something bad had happened to Job. So they came to him to come and mourn with him. The Bible said as they came, they were so sad. They were with him for seven days. They did not even speak a word. So number one characteristic of Job kind of friends is that they attend your pity party. Job kind of friends are happy to attend your pity party. Free of charge. They will even sit to cry with you. And many of us, this is what we like to do. When we are sad, we get friends. Come and join me. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I lost that job. Oh, I lost that relationship. Oh, uh. Yes, you've lost it. You don't need a party. You don't need a party. God is on the throne. He's able to give you back what you've lost. It's not the party that will bring you back. You read the book of Job very well. It's not the, the party of his friends that brought back what he lost. The Bible said when he prayed for his friends, after plenty chapters of talking right and left, God doubled what he lost. So it's not the party. Look at them in verse 13. 2 verse 13. The Bible says, So they sat with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word unto him. For they saw that his grief was very great. Job kind of friends join you in pity party. They may be with you, but they are not really with you. And this is how you know that they were not with Job. The Bible says they began to accuse Job. If you go to verse um, chapter 4, if you go to chapter 4, I read from verse 7. This is just one of them. The three of them accused Job. They said, Job, you must have done something wrong. How can something bad happen to somebody good? That means you are not as good as we think you are. You must have seen, you must have done something. They begin to accuse you. Job kind of friends are the first to blame you when things go wrong. The Bible says in Job chapter 4 verse 7, Remember, I pray thee, 
whoever perished be innocent or where were the righteous cut off even as i have seen they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same by the blast of god they perish and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed indirectly mr eliphaz was saying job you have done something wrong we may not know what it is but we always knew that there's something something shady about this your piety and righteousness you look so good prim and proper on the surface you look like you're a good guy you're a godly guy but this that something bad has happened to you is a proof that you are not really with god that god is angry with you so they are the first to blame you they are the first to go to social media to drag you they are the job kind of friends second category of friends are what i call amnon's friends amnon's friend we know the story all too well the book of second samuel chapter 2 i mean chapter 13 second samuel chapter 13 if you read from verse 1 to 5 you will see who mr amnon is amnon is a son of uh, the king david and uh, he was he was having inordinate affections towards his half-sister tamar and one of his friends one of his friends told him say guy why are you looking so down like this you're supposed to be a prince in fact a very senior prince in this kingdom why are you looking so down verse 3 if you start from second samuel chapter 13 the bible says but i'm not had a friend whose name was jonadab jonadab the son of shimei david's brother and jonadab was a very subtle man and he said unto him why are thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will you not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Chaman, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Say, guys, guys, see what we'll do. Let's plan, let's plan out. We're going to, to, to get you happy. I'm more interested in your happiness than in your future. Just be happy now. I don't care if you get killed for being happy. They are the friends that lead you on. Amnon's kind of friend. They are the ones that bring out the worst to you. They are evil advisors that lead you on. Guess what? When he gave this evil advice, he said, see, this is what you're going to do. Just lay down on your bed and make yourself sick. Pretend to be sick. And when your father comes to see you, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tama come and give me food and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat it at her hand. He, he left blank spaces. If you read verse 6, you see that even Amnon was very sharp. Some things that the man did not advise him, he did. Eventually, he raped his sister, and at the end, he got murdered for it. Amnon's kind of friends, they are the people who always fuel your, your beast. The beast in you, they bring it out. The worst side of you, they magnify it. They give you advice that will put you down. They are the friends that you need to avoid. Everybody has some kind of Amnon kind of friends around them. People who look at you when you are vulnerable and give you a bad advice. You are struggling. They see you are, you are, you are depressed. They ask you, oh, why are you so down? So actually, I've been broke for some time now. I have some financial pressure. I need to do this. I say, but you are in a place of authority. Now just put two zeros and change the, change the denomination from Naira to dollar. That's all. That's all. And bring the money and we share the loot. They give you a bad advice when you are weak. They are friends to be avoided. The third kind of friends or friendship that you must avoid are Haman's kind of friends. You remember Haman? Haman versus Mordecai. You remember in the book of Esther? You know, when Haman was very, very uh, pissed with what Mordecai did, 
not bowing down before him. Everybody around him was bowing and Mordecai didn't bow. No, he got to him, he was angry. And he told his wife and his friends, can you imagine that insolent Jew sitting at the gate? Everybody was bowing when I was passing and he didn't bow. What do we do? Say, guy, go and make, go and make gallows. Put sticks on the ground. You know, at the end, make sure you cut his head and put it on it. So they gave him an advice. Bad advice. So the guy too, he went to do it. He put the gallows there. Then he started plotting and he was going to kill him. And when the thing backfired, at the end of the day, is the gallows that they advised him to build that they put Amman's head. Guess what? His friends' heads were not pushed there. So there are some friends, they are at the back, giving you bad advice. When everything scatters, they will escape. No evil comes to them. Amman's kind of friends must be avoided. There are people in our lives whose job is to give unsolicited advice. Advice that takes you down, but they don't go down with you. These are friends to avoid. But it's not only friends to avoid that we see in scriptures. There are other kinds of friends. Number four kind of friends. David's kind of friends. And David was a very lucky man. He had very good friends. At least two that scripture mentioned prominently. He had a very good friend in Jonathan. If you read book of 1 Samuel chapter 18, if you read from verse 1 to 3, you will see uh, that Jonathan was a very, very good friend to um, to David. In fact, let me let me quickly go there. I think this one is very important to read. 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to read very quickly. The first three verses. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. He loved him like a brother. He loved him like himself. Jonathan's kind of friends are those who are able to bequeath their own rights to you. People who will waive their own privileges for you. Jonathan was well positioned, prepared, right in the, in the place to replace his father after his death. But he abdicated that place and said, I'd rather have you, my friend David, take that spot. The Bible says he stripped him his own armor. He took his own weapon and gave it to, to David. He removed his own priestly uh, I mean, uh, princely garments and gave it out. So I don't mind if you, David, you are king in my stead. As far as I'm concerned, if you are king or I'm king, it's the same. I would rather you be king. They are the ones who are not threatened by your potential. He saw a potential in David. You know, this guy is someday going to be the king of Israel. I'm not going to stand in his way. Yes, I'm, I'm positioned for this throne by reason of birth, by reason of being the, the son of the first king of Israel. So after the first king dies, it should be me. And I'm a warrior. I'm a good guy. I'm bold. I said, no. I don't mind that my friend is also good. In fact, I would rather he should be king in my place. David's kinds of friends they are not threatened by you. In fact, 
they are ready to waive their rights for you. David also had a very good friend in a man called Ushai. This was a man who was willing to go undercover to help David. When there was coup in the land, Absalom, David's own son, plotted a coup with him with the aid of special advisor, Mr. Aitofel, Professor Aitofel, if you like. A man whose words of wisdom were like you consulting the prophet. Teamed up with Absalom against David. And they were plotting how they were going to take the kingdom away from him and secure Absalom as the new king of Israel. And they had everything going for them. Ushai, David's friend, played undercover to go and scatter their plan. These are friends who are ready to take a risk for you. Before they, they knew what Ushai was doing in the midst, he already got the intelligence that was going to make Absalom's plan to fail. Little wonder, after Ahitophel discovered that his plan wasn't used, he went to commit suicide. May God give you friends like Ushai. May you make you friend to others like Ushai. We all want friends like Ushai, but we need to be like friends like Ushai. I've talked about four kinds of friends. I'll talk about the fifth one now. Daniel's kinds of friends. Daniel's kind of friends. We know Daniel's kind of friends in the book of uh, Daniel chapter 2. We've read it at some point in um, an earlier message. Daniel chapter 2, if you read from verse 17 to verse 19, when they were going to kill all the wise men and astrologers and magicians and the Chaldeans, people who were working for Nebuchadnezzar. Bible says, Daniel told the king, said, Oga king, calm down. We will give you an answer. Bible says he went to meet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions, his friends. Companionship, his friends. Daniel had praying friends. No wonder they got results. No wonder they got promoted together. Praying friends. May God give us friends who pray. Not only friends who play. It's good to have friends to play with. It's better to have friends to pray with. Ah, they grew together friends like Daniel's friends I don't know what kind of friends you have do you have friends in your circle that you can call and say please can you join me to pray I will never forget a time in my life that I was at the crossroads I needed to make a very important life defining decision in my life and I needed to pray with someone a friend a brother actually who also doubles as a friend and this part of what I was talking about when I talked about mode of entry intersection of friends we are brothers but we are also friends and I had to reach out to him to say bro my friend I need you to stand in the gap for me I'm waiting on the Lord for an instruction a direction on this subject and he gave me the right hand of fellowship seven days on his own he waited on the Lord like I was waiting and we compared notes at the end of seven days may God give us friends like that friends you can call when you are in trouble to say can we hold hands and they don't have to be your physical location thank God for technology these days can we hold hands in the spirit can we agree on the subject you know you will say some of us are old school when we talk about having friends like this some call it prayer partners I call you friends that pray with you. Friends that pray with you. Do you have those kind of friends you can call in the night to say, I had a dream. I, I do not know the meaning, but I know it's something significant. Can we pray about it together? 
Can we trust God for interpretation together? Friends like Daniel's friends. Friends that pray together. Sixth kind of friends. Samson's kind of friend. Samson's friend. Judges chapter 14 verse 20. Judges, book of Judges, chapter 14, verse 20. These kinds of friends, avoid them at all cost. The Bible says in Judges chapter 14, verse 20, it says, but Samson's wife was given to his companion, friend, if you read other versions, I'm reading KJV. It says, but Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he has used as his friend. Hello? Do you understand what's going on here? So this guy was his best man. He was his bestie. Samson's bestie took his wife. But Samson's wife was given to his companion. He took it. Whom he has used as his friend. Samson's kind of friend. They are the ones who don't mind taking what is yours. They are your friends but they don't mind that when you make a loss, that loss becomes their gain. May you not have those kind of friends. If you are already in, in friendship, in the boats of friendship with those kind of friends, may God debut them for your sake in the name of Jesus. May something happen that will make them leave that boat. These are the kinds of people who will not mind you going down for them to go up. May God deliver you from them. The seventh and best kind of friend is the Jesus kind of friend. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. The Bible says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. No wonder one of our popular hymns says, What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Of all the kinds of friends we have talked about, the good, the bad, the ugly, this is the best. So in a friendship with Jesus, you know you are covered. Jesus speaking to his disciples says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because everything the Father has told me, I have told you over this course of time of relating with you. I didn't tell you everything in one day, but progressively I was telling you. And in fact, Jesus said, there are still some things that I, I would like to share with you, but I cannot share them with you now because you can't bear them. But I'll give you another comforter, another friend, the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he say he will remind you of the things I've taught you, the things I've told you, and he will lead you into all truth. Friendship with Jesus. Best one. Jesus can be that kind of friend that you wake up to in the morning to make a shout out to before you go out. I know we, we sometimes get lonely and you know we want to have other kinds of friends. And it's, it's fine. Jesus doesn't mind you having other kinds of friends. But, you know, the guidelines we've talked about today are important in choosing your friends. But he's saying, I'm the best friend you can have. I'm the best body you can ever have. No matter your age, no matter your marital status, I can still be your friend. 
if you will be my friend, my values will become your values when we become friends. My outlook will become your outlook. My mindset will become your mindset. So if you are not yet in that boat of friendship with Jesus, this is an invitation to you. Maybe you are listening to me now. You know about Jesus. Jesus is just some random, faraway neighbor, distant acquaintance that you see from time to time. Or that you visit on Sundays. You go to church just to say hi to him. But the rest of the week, you are not together. You are not in talking terms. You know, that can change today. You know, you can actually come into this most meaningful friendship that has the capacity to change your entire life. The Bible says, He who walks with the wise will become wise. Jesus, wiser than Solomon, wiser than the wisest, is inviting you to a relationship called friendship with Him. So if you are listening to me and you're not in that kind of ship with Him yet, you see Him afar. He said, You can come close. He said, We can dine together. He said, I'm at the door, I'm knocking, I'm knocking. If anybody hears my voice and opens, he said, I'll come in with Him. We will have dinner together. I will sup with him. We will have lunch together. Not me alone. I will bring my father. We can have this friendship together. Or perhaps you have been in that ship with Jesus before. There was a time you and Jesus were very close. Very close. You were in talking terms. You know, you, you, you could sense him around you. You know what Jesus looks like. What Jesus feels like. You know what his thoughts are like. But today, there seems to be a very big gap between you. You know, you can bridge that today. And it's very simple. As I bring this message to a close this morning, I want you to invite him back into your life. He actually didn't leave. He didn't leave that, that friendship. You are the one that left. Bible says, draw unto him. And he will draw unto you. He will draw near you. You draw near him. He's still waiting. He's waiting in that friendship. You are the one who left. Or you are the one who has not found it if you have never been in that boat with him before. If you are that one person who would like to come into a friendship with Jesus. And I'm speaking for, from experience. This is the best friendship you ever have. This is the best friendship you will ever need. You can say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. That we will continue from where we stopped. If you have been part of this friendship before. Or if this is your first time. You can say, Lord, I want to come into this friendship with you. A place where I can freely express myself to you. A place where I can freely receive your help. A place where I can show commitment to you as well. In this friendship. Lord help me. I come drawing close to you. The word says whoever calls on the name of the Lord. You will not cast away. I call on your name today. Oh friend that sticks closer than a brother. I want to be yours. So that you be mine too. In Jesus name. If you have prayed that prayer. You have begun a new journey. And I pray that the grace of God to keep you. Will become available to you right away. God bless you for being part of the message today. Join us next week. As we enter journey into another ship. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages. Kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.